watch and pray. Advent means coming or arrival. And it speaks of a couple different things. Of Jesus coming uh, in human form 2,000 years ago. Also of Jesus' promise and, and all the apocalyptic literature and all that, that Jesus has promised to come again. That we wait for Jesus to come again. Kind of like we celebrated last week, Christ the King, that he will come definitively. It will be known. It will be obvious. But there's kind of a third coming between those two. It's a coming in which the Lord continues to come into our lives to make us ready for his second coming. So Jesus is doing something even now in which he wants us to see what he's doing, to be prepared, to be watching, to be ready for his second coming. And so I want to kind of tease this out a little, a little Bible study here. Um, Jesus exhorts us to watch four times. He also says, be alert. But let me, as I read this, see if this tickles your ears a little bit. It says, watch therefore, you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or in the morning. Does that resonate with you? Have, have we heard those words in another place? When, when I hear cock crow, I think of Jesus' passion. And so what's happening here in the Gospel of Mark is this, we're hearing chapter 13 of Mark, and in the next chapter, chapter 14, Jesus' passion happens when all those words happen. And we hear John, or Mark 14, 17, when it was evening, they reclined at table at the Last Supper. Mark 14, 26 and 32. Later in the, in the night, they went out to the Mount of Olives to a place called Gethsemane. Mark 14, 72, immediately a cock crowed. And then Mark 15, 1, as soon as morning came, the chief priests with the elders and the scribes, that is the whole Sanhedrin, held a council. They bound Jesus led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. The foreshadowing that we're being given is so that we, with the disciples, can be watching what the Lord is doing. Okay, okay what's he doing? Well, he's celebrating the Last Supper. He's going to the garden and praying. He's being betrayed and handed over to be crucified. Okay, so Jesus is telling us to watch, that he's going to be doing something, that he's going to be coming to us, but the way in which he comes to us, Mark says, is his passion. We see this most clearly in the garden. I'm going to read kind of the passage from Mark 14, 32. Then they came to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. 
He took with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be troubled and distressed. And he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch. He advanced a little and fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass by him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup away from me, but not what I will, what you will. When he returned, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is doing something. And his invitation to his disciples is to watch what he's doing and to pray. That, that, and actually, by praying, they'll be able to see what he's doing more clearly. That's what I think our invitation here is on this first Sunday at Advent, is to pray and watch what God is doing. What I mean is in our lives. What is God doing? A lot of times we look at our lives and we're not super happy about what he's doing. Um, recently, uh, a graduate student said to me, they said, um, Father Matt, not one class period seems to go by without the teacher taking a crack at the Catholic Church. It's like, that's hard to hear. Um, or friends doing that. Or maybe, maybe I'll have peace. Maybe it will be God's will when I get good grades and I know that God's will is being done. But right now, I'm so behind and I'm overwhelmed. Somehow, me being behind and overwhelmed and stressed is at the same time what God is doing. God is doing something now. And if I'm not attentive to it, I'm going to miss it. Because it feels uncomfortable. It feels like something that I don't want. When I look at the world, when I look at things happening, I see all sorts of things that I don't want. That How can that be God's will? You know, I, I fell into sin. How can that be God's will? Somehow, God is active, doing something. And he invites me to pray and to look to him to be able to see what he's doing. Like the Psalm 80 says, let us see your face. God, help me to see you. Help me to see what you're doing and we shall be saved. That everything God is doing is part of his plan of salvation. Um, but sometimes I'm not attentive to what he's doing. St. Augustine says it this way, God, you were within, but I was without. That you were doing something, but I was distracted, focused on other things. I couldn't see what you were doing. What, is, what does this mean? Let me give you a story, an example. It speaks to me. Um, 
Uh, I was talking to a woman this week, and she was telling me about her Thanksgiving. And maybe her Thanksgiving was be a little bit like our own. Um, and so she had her, her son was there with his wife and their two kids. And there was a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And so grandpa says to the four-year-old, he, he asks him a question or whatever. And the four-year-old has been in this mood where he, instead of answering, he just... Uh, and totally ignores grandpa, like looks the other way. And uh, grandpa says, oh, is that what's going on? We're not talking to each other today? And, and mom hears this and says, he's four years old, leave him alone. And, and grandpa says, well, somebody has to do something about this. So then the daughter is like, what? And she's so angry, she stands up and she marches out of the dining room. Maybe your Thanksgiving was like that, right? You know, like, <laughs> and you're sitting there like, clearly God has left the building, is what it feels like, right? Like, well, a few minutes later, she comes back, uh, and she walks in, and she says, um, I'm sorry I left, but I didn't want to say something I regretted. And the mother who's telling me this story, she said, I just, what came out of my lips was, Sarah? We love you. And Sarah sat down, and the grandma continued, you know, um, we feel disrespected in our own house, and rather than it being addressed, you said that to us, kind of further disrespecting us and reinforcing to him that it's okay to disrespect us, and that's all we want is respect. And she said, well, I, I didn't, I never thought about it that way. I didn't, I didn't see it the way you see it. And it led to an honest conversation in which people shared vulnerable things. And there was so much healing that happened. And so right in the midst of what seems like God is the furthest thing from it, that God did something. And she said, as she was talking to me, she reflected, she said, you know what, Father? She said, a week earlier, I was in prayer, I was stopped by the prayer chapel, and I was struck with God desiring to love our world. She's like, I was thinking about North Korea and all these sexual harassment things, and it's like, what our world needs is love. And I felt like I wanted to communicate that to people as if God wanted me to help him love the world. And then you fast forward one week and here's a moment that in the midst of this tension and frustration and disconnect, that because she was praying, she said it just naturally came out of, she didn't even think about it, but that somehow reflecting on it that God was at work, and he chose to do it through her. We live in a chaotic world, and we can look around and say, I don't see God anywhere. But as we take time to pray and to sit with him, we can begin to see what, a little bit, of what he's doing that our invitation this Advent 
from our God who wants to come to the world today is to pray. And not just watch, but be with, uh, participate with our God who's trying to come to the world now to prepare us for his second coming.